Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Robin Johnson. Robin has been heralded as one of the country's foremost leaders on the topic of selling and marketing products on Amazon.com. Robin has been a guest on shows like Entrepreneur on Fire, Confessions of a Marketer, and is a SEMrush Academy professor. Robin is the co-founder of Marketplace Blueprint, a digital agency that specializes in listing optimization and advertising on Amazon. She has over a decade of experience of selling online on Amazon, eBay, and other e-commerce venues. And I am just so pleased to welcome you to the show today, Robin. Welcome to Wickedly Smart Women. I am so excited to be on the show too. I love getting to share what I've picked up and just, you know, there's so much that sometimes we forget to talk about as entrepreneurs and through the journey. So thank you very much for having me. Well, Robin, I want to start our time together by just asking you, you know, have you always been entrepreneurial? Were you the kid that had the lemonade stand when you were seven years old? Or do you have parents who are entrepreneurial? Or is this something that came for you later on in your, your journey? I was not entrepreneurial. I was the kid that got in trouble for eating the chocolate bars instead of selling them. Or, you know, like, you know, like my dad would have to buy three rolls of wrapping paper because I didn't sell any. In fact, before I did this, I was in like the least capitalistic profession ever. I was a youth minister and I loved what I did, but my son got sick. And when you work for the church, the benefits out of this world, because the pay is not. And, you know, so I was just scared all the time and I didn't see that we would ever not be scared about money. And so I took a hundred dollars out of my emergency fund. My daughter was like three or six months old and my son was just a toddler. And uh, we grew that to a million dollar business in just a couple of years. Wow. What a story. So let's talk then about about the decision that you made to actually leave behind your work, because, you know, that is the first step for many people to, to do that. And some people take a leap and other people do, you know, they build a bridge from where they are to where they want to be. And they, they start a business or become entrepreneurial as a side thing. So could you talk a little bit more about that time for you when you made that decision, when you took that $100 out of your emergency fund, did you keep your regular job or did you just take a flying leap? So I am not by nature a leaper. I've learned to leap more as I've been more in the, you know, a decade in entrepreneur. I'm like, all right, this is a safe jump. I can cross this bridge with a leap. You know, so I kept my job, 
my husband was working kind of like, you know, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I was working in the afternoons because I was working with teens and or, you know, with, with young kids and things along those lines. So we kind of worked things out so that I could have my kids at work with me during the day. So I'd go garage selling with them in the morning, find inventory. And then, you know, once we realized that I was like, OK, well, we kind of set a goal. We said, OK, if I can earn as much as I'm earning from my job for two months, then that gives us some savings and some cushion, and then I can jump. I wasn't completely sure the jump would work. And I was a little scared because when you work in like a denominational religion church, you know, if, if I failed and come, came back, everybody would know. And so there was a little bit of, you know, not wanting to look bad there, but I just pushed past that because I really wanted something different for my kids. And I wanted to be able to spend more time with them. And this really offered me the opportunity to do both. Mm. Uh, And so I did that and I never looked back. It was within the first like seven months that I quit my job, which is a pretty, was a really big leap for me at the time. Mm, Beautiful. So you were able then to replace your income and I'm guessing exponentially more. So it's funny you you said that you started out with like going to garage sales and then what were you reselling stuff online? Can you talk a little bit about like your initial part of that journey? Yes, I had no selling experience, no nothing. So I was buying things at garage sales. I already, you know, because I had two young kids, I knew like what the value of a pack and play was and what a swing was because I was, we were broke. And so I was buying a lot of my stuff secondhand. So I would buy those things, I'd clean them up and I'd sell them on Craigslist. And then uh, I started finding out a little bit more about eBay and I started to sell more on eBay. And I remember being like, wow, I sold $100 worth of stuff today. And it just felt like so much. And then we started moving into Amazon. You know, at that time, things really picked up on both of the eBay and the Amazon side very quickly. I remember the first, then we started buying things for Amazon in retail stores. So we would go to retail stores, find things where there were gaps in the market, which is a little bit harder to do now. But it was quite an adventure. We felt a little bit like drug dealers, like we were kind of doing this crazy thing that we couldn't really explain to people, but it was a lot of fun. Beautiful. Well, so what would you say were some of your besides like the challenge of of making sure that you made enough money to be able to quit your job at the beginning? What were some of the other challenges that you faced or, you know, whether they were internal self-doubt challenges or external challenges that you might have faced when you first got started doing this? I had a friend, so we had done like, like some MLM kind of stuff before. And I had a friend that we were really close and I told her, you know, about this new exciting thing and how it was working and how excited I was. And she just had this big pause in the conversation. And she said, so that's it. You're just going to sell out and sell junk on the internet. And my heart kind of broke in half and she did not mean it. She wasn't trying to be discreet, but for her, it felt like that was from her position. That's where she saw it. For me, I saw this as I don't have the ability to do exactly what I want now, but I'm going to do this to get the experience to get what I ultimately want. And so, you know, my, you know, there were some, a lot of people in our family who thought we were legitimately losing our minds, you know, like, why would we do this? Why would I spend so much time and so much energy and, you know, be cleaning up dirty plaque and plays and all the things that we were doing in order to make it work. And then there was a lot of self-doubt, you know, and I don't know if I will ever get completely past the self-doubt, but it, now I've gotten really good at saying, oh, I feel that symptom. So when I feel these certain body sensations, when I feel these certain 
emotions. I know that that's my, that's not based in reality. That's based in something else that's going on underlying in like the ontology or, or who I'm being. And so I can kind of connect back to that and say, okay, what's real and what's not real. And I think that that's been the thing is having clear intentions and goals every week and being willing to say, okay, I'm going to give this up. I'm going to give up, you know, that self-worth over and over again. Beautiful. I love that. Well, that's something that I really want to underscore for our listeners here is sometimes the people in your life that you would expect to be your greatest supporters when you do take risks turn out to be the ones that are walking around with the giant pin to poke your balloon. (laughs) So, and that is definitely something that's a part of the entrepreneurial journey. It doesn't have to be for everyone, but it is something to be aware of. And so, Like, what were some of the things that you did for yourself, Robin? Like, now you're at a place where you have some awareness about, like, getting the signal as it's starting instead of getting into the spin of self-doubt and then having to pull yourself out. What were some of the, the things that you have done or maybe that you work with your clients and help them with? that allows you to like put the wedge in the door once you've got the door open to put the wedge in the door and keep the door open and keep energizing yourself towards your goals and intentions. When it comes to other people kind of stirring up self-doubt, I try to remember that what I'm doing is weird and it's their way of saying, I love you. They're saying, I don't, you're going out into the wilderness and I don't know how I can protect you. And so my natural instinct is to tell you not to go there. And try to remember that that's them saying, I love you in the way that they can with their concerns of my well-being and our family's well-being, that it comes from a good place. And then when it comes to my own self-doubt, I think it really comes down to building a very supportive network, having a list of, you know, not having anybody in your friend and your phone list that you can call and complain and whine and cry, like where everybody's like, okay, well, you can be upset for a minute, but let's get back to solving the problem. Mm -hmm. And people who are really a stand for our business. So there are friends that maybe I don't talk to as much about my business, or maybe we're not as close as we were before, not because I don't want to be friends with them if they're not going to be supportive. But I know that when I really need that emotional support, sometimes it it's easier to get that from somebody who's been there. Mm, yeah, beautiful. I love that. Well, one of the one of the things I actually teach my clients when I'm talking to them about how to be open to a wealthy life, one of the ways that we actually ward off wealth is by whining. And what I'm hearing here and what's important is to remember that, yes, we do need a place to get our emotional outlet, but we don't want to spend too much of our time whining. We want to have a safe space where we can express what's going on clearly, but then also have some kind of immediate support of, well, hey, you know, I hear what you're saying. And maybe you want to try this, or maybe you want to try this from people who who can actually support you and how important it is to make sure that we don't indulge too much in the whining with people who can't help us. So in the minute or so we have before the break, Robin, I'd love to hear about like what was the turning point for you when you started to make some serious real money with what you're doing? Well, you know, we were making pretty good money. I would actually say the turning point was probably pretty close to when we were already hitting 
you know, we were about like a half million in revenue and I actually had, had a miscarriage and coming out of that, I read like outwitting the devil and Walt's, uh, it was Walt Disney's biography. And I just really refocused what it was that I wanted to do and what I wanted to create. And it added a whole new level of intentionality that I didn't have before. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. Well, we are going to take a quick break right now, Robin, but when we come back, we're going to let people know a little bit more about where they can find you. And we'll talk a little bit about how you're helping people now. I also want to come back to this half million in revenue because there's a piece there, especially since your old job, I'm sure wasn't anywhere near half million in revenue. There's a little piece there that I want to explore as well. But right now we are going to take a break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. I'm also really excited to celebrate that not only are we now downloading in 96 countries, and not only are we ranking in 34 of them, but now all of a sudden, actual individual episodes are ranking, and we are up to about 10 or 12 episodes, standalone episodes that are ranking internationally at various levels on the chart. So I'm really excited about that. And I want to thank all of our listeners who are helping us along with that and who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Wyoming, because we finally, even though we had 96 countries, we finally, finally, finally got Wyoming on the map. Uh, And now we have the entire United States. So we want to welcome our listeners in Wyoming, as well as our listeners in Nepal and Taiwan. And we will be right back with Robin Johnson. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Robin Johnson you can find out more about Robin at marketplaceblueprint.com forward slash show. We will have that link for you in the show notes. Robin, why don't you let our listeners know what they're going to find when they get there? 
So in that page, there's, you know, there's some ways to kind of follow me on social media, but there's also a link to get a 20 page listing audit. So if you've been struggling with getting your physical product on Amazon, we really break down like search engine optimization for Amazon. And if you want me to take a look at one of your listings, uh, I'll do a free mini audit where I take a quick look and make a quick video telling you what you did right and maybe what you can improve on your current Amazon listing. Beautiful. Can I be clear with you too, Robin? Are you only doing like products, consumer good products, or do you also do like books or things like that? So we can do books to a degree, but it depends on the publishing agreement. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon can be a little tricky on books now, actually, primarily physical products, soft goods, you know, like services are very difficult to sell on Amazon. And so I would probably say probably not those, but any any kind of physical products. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, before we went to the break, Robin, we were talking about how you hit a half a million dollars in revenue. And I want to just go back briefly to that little point, because I have no idea how much you were making at the church, but I'm guessing it was less than you know, less than six figures. I'm, I'm guessing it was way <laughs> less than six figures, probably way, somewhere way between less. 30 and 40,000, maybe if you were lucky. That's a pretty good guess. I was, I think it was 32 or 36. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. I had the number 36 in my head. So awesome. Well, we're on the psychic hotline apparently with that. So there is a huge difference in $36,000 in income in a year and $500,000 in income in a year. So, I mean, was this like a leap for you or was this a gradual build? And if it was a leap, how did you navigate suddenly having a lot more money? It felt like both at the same time kind of distorted around that time period in my memory. We grew really fast because we had been kind of plateaued for a while at like $20,000 a month in revenue. And, you know, half a million is about 40, some little 40 and change. And so, you know, we had been stuck. So we, we, we really ramped up some, you know, our sourcing. We really focused on margins a little bit more. And it really kicked up every like money, bad money conversation that I had, you know, because all of a sudden I was one of those people that had money. And, you know, I remember being like, who would buy this kind of purse? It's so expensive. You could, you know, now I was like, oh, I could buy that kind of purse, you know? And so all of the things, the conversations around money, I've had to continually revisit those and kind of make sure that I'm open to kind of receiving things and be able to continue to grow. And, you know, the, the also had to learn to hire, which meant I needed to learn to trust other people and, and kind of build out processes and learn to manage as well. Yeah, beautiful. Well, so now what I'd love to have you do is talk to us a little bit about how you're helping people using Marketplace Blueprint, because I'm guessing that that's more of a service-based educational function rather than direct product sales. So why don't we talk a little bit about that and how you're helping clients through that? Yeah. So Marketplace Blueprint really, you know, after we kind of were buying things in stores, we started buying wholesale and we realized that Amazon was a really big problem for brand owners. You know, it was it was frustrating. They were getting a lot of friction. The things were going wrong. And, you know, things that I was like, oh, I could easily fix those things for them because we've been eating, sleeping, breathing this platform for a while. So about five, five six years ago, we started the agency kind of small. I was still selling quite a bit. 
and, you know, so we were, you know, kind of balancing the, the business, the multiple businesses at the same time. But what we do now is we work with brands, everything from startup, a lot of shark tank companies or shark mm-hmm. tank like companies, uh, all the way up to publicly traded large companies. And we manage the advertising spend, the media buying on Amazon, and then the listing, like creating the page that you shop on, on Amazon mm-hmm. for those products. And I love what I get to do. I get to help be a part of companies growing and hiring more people and getting products that are great out into the world. And now we're in a position where we can kind of focus on taking products that we believe in and that we really love. And so it's a lot of fun and we get to make a big difference for the businesses that we work with. Beautiful. So are you still selling on Amazon yourself as well? So we are still selling. We have a couple of wholesale accounts that, you know, we have had for years and years. And so we just kind of keep that going just, you know, out of respect to those brands that really helped us. We want to continue to keep helping them, but we're not really, we haven't actively pursued new accounts for about four years now. So the agency is really our primary income Mm. and the best part of Amazon for us. And so it's really what we have focused on. Well, so what it sounds like to me too here, Robin, is that you know, you went from starting a, an online-based product sales business to then you had this evolution where you had two businesses at once, which, you know, you're now sort of less with the Amazon selling. I'd love to hear about like how you knew internally or from your metrics that it was time for you to branch out and do a, a second business. So I was actually coaching a lot of high volume sellers. And at the time, a high volume seller on Amazon was, you know, one to three million. And so we were kind of working with a lot of those sellers, working on profitability, looking at their books, building processes. And, you know, we had grown quite a bit. And the thing that I realized is that, you know, uh, every time you hit a stair step in your entrepreneurial growth, what got you here won't get you there. And so you have to look at what are you, are you prepared to take that next step? And, you know, I ran the numbers 50 different ways and I would really need to take on a lot of debt. And I didn't think that was good for my well-being because I I kind of have an anxious personality. And so I was looking for alternatives and we had a couple of agencies or a couple of companies that uh, had asked us to kind of consult with them. And, you know, I really saw this as the opportunity where I could have more stability in my income. We could, you know, I didn't love having a warehouse and, you know, having to tell somebody, hey, could you not take 45 minute bathroom breaks? That would be great. You know, so it kind of took out the parts of our business that I didn't love and put in, you know, we were really focused on that. And I will tell you that giving up like that, that coaching part of the business and that selling part of the business was much harder than I thought it was. It Mm -hmm. was like the monkey with the banana, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the cage, I was really hard to let go of. And I had to really grieve the part of my identity that had attached to our first business. And it was much more difficult than I thought, even though this was more lucrative, it was outperforming profitability wise. It was still very difficult for me to let go of some of the emotional things. Yeah. You had to grieve the loss of cleaning pack and plays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I really love how clear you are about your own entrepreneurial journey, Robin. And it sounds like, you know, you have 
have sort of mapped out for yourself, and I'm guessing you serve your clients in this way as well, like what the parameters are for, for your success. So if you would like to, in the last few minutes that we have, maybe share a success story from one of your current agency clients so that our listeners get a taste of what it is that you do and how you actually help your clients, that would be great. Yeah. So we had a publicly traded company, very large company, and we do this with small companies too, but to take somebody from $100 a month to $1,000 a month isn't as impressive. So what we did is we they were a publicly traded company. They had worked with several agencies before and they just couldn't get traction, even though they, though they should because they were selling in Lowe's, they were selling at Home Depot, they were selling in Walmart with great success, but they couldn't get Amazon to work. We were brought on to help them with that. We helped two years in a row. We grew grew their sales 110 to 118% year over year each year. And because of that, we were able to keep their, their their ACOS, which is kind of like, you know, the percentage of ad spend. So they were getting really high. So they were getting about, you know, if you were looking at like ROAS, like and Troas, or looking at Troas on the account, they were getting like thirteen or twelve to fourteen dollars on every ad dollar spent because we really fi- you know time fine tune those ads for them. The increased top line revenue allowed them to get an additional forty million dollars in an investment round. And we've done very similar things with companies of, of a lot of different sizes where we've taken them and really helped them have like really great years of growth year after year because we really focus on that intentionality of not just pushing ads through the funnel, but um, really looking at where we're like understanding the customer journey and understanding the product. Beautiful. All right. Well, we have just a couple minutes left, Robin. So in the last couple of minutes that we have, I'd love to have you either like be really clear about, you know, the listeners that we're here on, you know, who are here listening to us around the world, to call out the people who might be great to work with you, I think I think I'd like to have you do that because I feel like there are some people who may be perfect clients for you, and we might as well match make right here and now. Yeah. So if you have a physical product that has already been created, so you have the inventory in hand, and especially if you've already had some sales, or you know you've maybe you've had success in boutiques, or you've had some some success in brick and mortar, but you're looking to kind of go D to C a little bit more, then you are a perfect fit for us. If you know if that's it's you know and it can be a variety of sizes. Uh, you can be at any point kind of in the growth phase of your of your business, but the you know having inventory, having it be repeatable inventory so that you can sell the same thing over and over again and have access to restocking that inventory is important because of the way that Amazon works. All right. Beautiful. Well, Robin, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on today. And I am um, looking forward to seeing what happens as a result of this interview. I definitely hope that you get back in touch with me and let me know who came on board to work with you to grow. And listeners, we do love feedback. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. I want to say thanks to the Trinell Group for dropping a little donation into our donation bucket. And I want to thank you listeners for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. 
Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.